just going to make sure we're going live real quick. And we have audio. We're good. Welcome, everyone, to this bi-weekly episode of Down the Middle. This episode is brought to you by Stevie Wicks Cool Beans Candle Company. More on them in a moment. And right now, because it's later, and because uh, Night of Champions was yesterday and not today, because today is Sunday, not Saturday, we are going to give our predictions real quick for AEW Double or Nothing 2023. And... You remember, Brian, how I said I was going to try to be more positive this year? Uh, yeah, I definitely heard you mention you were going to try to be more positive. Yeah, that one's going right out the window this time. <laughs> because I'm, I mean, looking, like- I'm looking at this card, and I see... I'll be honest, I see... Two or three matches that should be on a pay-per-view like this. And the rest of them belong on Rampage. And the ones that belong on a pay-per-view, I don't think a single one's actually been properly built up. You know, that's that's definitely been a tra- trend with AEW here well, the here's, last few months. Yeah, and here's another trend that continues. I was, I was a good boy this week, or at least I was trying to be a good boy this week because I knew we were talking about pay-per-views so I watched Smackdown I watched I watched all the go-home programs so I watched the go-home Raw the go-home Smackdown I tried to watch NXT again but that was just eh although I guess Dragon Lee is now in NXT which that's exciting he's been there for the past couple months now yeah no I didn't mean like this last episode I just he's a newer arrival yeah big fan of Dragon Lee um but I sat down to watch dynamite and i'd i'd actually blocked my schedule out i made time for this i blocked out three hours because it was a crazy week this week but i was like no i gotta watch aew including rampage so i turn on dynamite and the first match is orange cassidy defending the belt that he's not even wearing he's carrying around in a backpack for some reason and then um excalibur goes through the rest of the event of the night and when I tell you that I didn't give a single shit about anything that was going to go on in that entire two-hour program, I'm not exaggerating. He went through the entire card for the night, the whole list of the event, two hours worth of wrestling, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch any of that. How can you, how can you book a two-hour wrestling show and not have a single thing that is interesting. Uh, uh, WWE on its worst week can still have a segment <laughs> that you want to tune into. I mean, that's why I watch highlights only of AEW. Like, it's nothing like very particular over AEW. It's not that I hate AEW. It's just it's nowhere near what it was. Not- there's not enough there for me to catch on and want to watch the whole episode. But it's not like they don't have a roster. This is why I don't understand how they can be doing this because they have like uh, they have great people, but they're all doing stupid shit. Like I never thought I would see the day that I wouldn't care what FTR was doing, but it's because they're doing this weird. And don't get me wrong. I like Jeff Jarrett and I really like Jay Lethal. How can you take four of the people 
that I'm a huge fan of and put them in something that I don't care to watch. I don't know. That's that smack that uh, Briscoe gave that Jeff Jarrett, though. That's true. Okay. That's took his head, took his head off. That is that is true. But like again, I'll be honest. I watched uh, just because it was on in the middle of the day. Otherwise, I would have watched the whole thing live. I did watch a lot of the highlights for Night of Champions. It seemed like a pretty decent show. It would. I watched the whole thing. It wasn't a bad show. Um, a lot of the things were predictable. Okay. I wouldn't really say predictable, but you seen what was going to happen. Oh, I would say predictable because it's it's pretty rare that we get we were out of our predictions. We were six out of seven. Yep. And honestly, I understand why. I think we both would have agreed that with Brock and Cody, it was it was the one match that was unclear. Yeah. Because you could go you could go in a good direction either way. So it wasn't. I I think I get what they're doing. Yeah. But. Honestly, I was gonna watch Double or Nothing, but this ain't worth fifty bucks. Hey, it it's it's not even that for me, my guy. I'm too busy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but like I, I was going to. I was going to watch it. But I'd rather watch reruns of the Big Bang Theory than pay fifty bucks for this. But being that we are a wrestling podcast where we talk about wrestling, we're gonna go over the same way we lost two viewers. So <laughs> must be some AEW fans. But uh I'm sorry, people. Like, if you want to argue about it, go for it. Like, I'll plop that down in the comments. We'll talk it out. Like, yeah, we'll we'll talk it out. We'll hash this out. Like, no, hey, I just don't. And I love AEW, or at least I want to. It's just they make it so hard. It's like when you're trying to date a girl, and she's just the most annoying person on the planet. And I I could not agree. Like, I like all wrestling. I mean, I love all wrestling. But sometimes it just puts a bad taste in your mouth, and it's a repetitive bad taste. Like, I'm not going to lie. WWE was like that for a little while for me. Like, it was just a bad taste. I just didn't want nothing. Like, that last six months to a year, <coughs> Vince was running the show. Like, it just wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to be. I, I mean, I watched the big pay-per-views, watched the highlights, uh, Raw's and SmackDowns, but, like, I couldn't sit there and watch the whole thing. Now that Triple H is taking over, I've kind of found that love back again. Oh, WWE is the superior product at the moment, for sure. Even just from oh, a yeah. story, even from just, but I will, I'm going to lay out a couple of things, and I want you to tell me if you think I'm talking about AEW now or WWE kind of back in, what would you say? Oh, what did you say? 2020-ish? You just, you just, what did you say? COVID time. COVID time. COVID time. Yeah. Okay. So, the wrestling company that I'm talking about has, for the most part, crowds that are dead, so much so that they have to pipe in noise because nobody gives a shit what's going on in the ring. You see extremely talented individuals getting buried by underneath talent for no explicable reason or not even being beaten by, but having competitive matches with you know, lower tier people, not even saying they're bad wrestlers. They're just not at that level. And in a good example, this would be like, let's say, and I'm going to mix the company so it doesn't give away who I'm talking about. Let's say you had a match with Randy Orton and, um, Lee Moriarty. And Lee Moriarty is being competitive with Randy Orton. 
Now, that's not to say Lee Moriarty's bad. It's just really... Okay, so further. At the time, people were not behind the World Heavyweight Champion or the Midcard Champion, so they unveiled a new championship. Okay. That uh, you thought might have some promise, but then it ends up in a fairly unexpected place. And still virtually means nothing, but they're going to keep it around. Yeah. What company would you say I was describing? Probably describing AEW. Actually, both of them, but yeah, mostly AEW. It was a mixture of both, but... I mean, I just, I marvel at this, like... Really, since Double or Nothing last year, I've seen a significant decrease in the quality of AEW pay-per-views. And I shouldn't, well, not quality, but in booking. It's been it's been a down a downgrade in booking. Yeah. I'd like to see Tony Khan have somebody else book the shows. I personally think Tony Khan should have somebody else book the show. Like he's doing too much. Let Tony Tony Khan should book Rampage. <laughs> like I get it. He, I get it. He wants to book. Let Tony Khan book Rampage. Nobody, nobody watches it anyway. So. Oh, you inhaled some AEW there. Yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of shit going in my mouth. But I digress. Let us begin. Um, but, oh, go ahead. No, I was just finishing up agreeing with you. All righty. Well, first up on the pre-show... We've got the Hardy Boys, or I'm sorry, now they're the Hardys because of copyright, and Hook taking on Ethan Page and the Guns. Now, apparently, the stipulation to this match is that if the Hardys and Hook win, they own Ethan Page's contract. And I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't know this thing was still going on. Um, Has this been going on? Because I don't remember seeing it for a long time. Or has this been taking place like on Rampage? To be honest, I don't really remember. Um, I did hear, I do remember hearing about it uh, about two weeks ago or so. Well, because <laughs> other than that, I haven't heard much about it. Well, it feels like we're being gaslit here because I don't recall this being not even on social media. I don't recall seeing this ever since uh, the last thing I remember. And granted, I. It, I watch AEW sparingly between being busy and or just not caring lately. But last I knew, Ethan Page owned Matt Hardy's contract, and I know Jeff came back, but honestly, at least this is on the pre-show. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't remember. I, I really don't remember. I Like I said, I'd seen a few weeks ago something about it, but I'm not sure how things have panned out, so... I think it's one of the. I think it's one of the matches. Like it doesn't need to be on a card. No, but like I said, at least it's on the pre-show. So I, I yeah, I actually have this is, and a theme for these predictions is going to be. I'm going to tell you what I think should happen, but then I'm going to tell you what's probably going to happen. I think I think just so they could put this to bed, I think they should have Ethan Page and the Guns win, so Hardy doesn't get his contract, and then they can go their separate ways. Now, what's probably going to happen is the Hardys are going to win and they're going to continue doing this nonsense until <coughs> for the next year. Going back or and unlikely. forth. 
unless uh, Ethan Page's contract's up. That could be, and we just don't know it. That that could be true too. But who do you who do you, what do you think? In my opinion, I think the Hardys are going to win only because it's just first tag like tag match back. I think. So I mean, why wouldn't they have him win? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. Oh man, this cold is kicking my butt. Oh, you're sick. That sucks. Yeah, I have been since Tuesday. That's very disappointing. Just like this car. But you know what's not disappointing, Brian? What? When you buy your Stevie Wicks candle, you get legitimately the best candle you will ever purchase. And I've just been informed that the Flowers for Mom candle is no longer just the Flowers for Mom candle. It's staying around because people love the idea. It's just a little gift you can get somebody for any occasion, not just Mother's Day, although you should buy one from your for your mom just because, you know, don't be a dick. She's your mom. But for all of you who want to buy from Stevie Wicks, you can use promo code DOWN and get 10% off your entire order, and I have been cleared to announce their new Zen line is going to be coming out in the very near future. So look out for that. But on with the disappointment. Next, and the first event of the card, and now the order of this might be different, uh, but apparently the first event is going to be the 21 Blackjack Battle Royal for Orange Cassidy's International Championship. <clears throat> now, normally I would go through the list of participants, but I don't think it matters because Orange Cassidy is going to keep the stupid belt. Yeah, probably. Oh, hang on. Motor Torque Wrestling. My double-nothing heel debut and debut wrestler prediction, I got Konosuke Takeshita joining Blackpool Combat Club, attacking Omega, having Moxley pin Kenny. And I also see Mandy Rose debuting, helping Storm defeat Hater and joining the Outcast. You know what, Motor Torque? I shouldn't have read your comment until later, but I agree with you. Um, so I don't think I we see Mandy showing up on AEW. I don't. Well, maybe I'm talking more about Takeshita because they've been actually booking that. But I think Mandy Rose should. If Mandy Rose wants to wrestle, AEW is the perfect place for her to do so because it's just like I laid out for Asuka. You a debut in AEW, you get paid a fuck ton of money. You work really hard for a month or two, and then you just coast on that OnlyFans money, baby. Yeah, I mean. You got a point. I mean, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. I was expecting to get a lot of pushback in the comments for that short when I uploaded it. Dude, like 95% of people liked it. <laughs> so tell me I'm right. Um, do you want to bother going through the participants of this? I'm not too worried about the participants. Like we said, uh, whoever it even is, uh, I just don't see Orange Cassidy still losing it. No, and Tony Khan is, for some reason, and I'm not trying to shit on Orange Cassidy, but it's getting old, but Tony Khan is dead set on having Orange Cassidy be like a main staple of the company because in the press release announcing AEW Collision, Orange Cassidy was put at the top of the poster. Now, this may have been a last-minute save because the CM Punk deal hit some hiccups, Although as far yep. as as far as I'm aware, Punk is supposed to be debuting in Chicago on the first episode 
of Collision. But for a minute there, when they made the press, press release, apparently it had come out that AEW didn't want a Steel to be present at uh, Collision. They're not tapings, but like Collision tapings. But he was still being paid as an agent, like a tele-agent. And Punk says, no, that wasn't part of the deal. So he told them to fix it or he wasn't going to show up. Apparently they have fixed that. As far as I know, again, if I'm wrong, correct me in the comments. But um, but yeah, so Orange Cassidy, I think, took the place of the CM Punk graphic, maybe. I'm going to give Tony the benefit of the doubt, but I don't understand. And I, I don't necessarily hate Orange Cassidy as a character. I just don't think it's... He's not a face of the company. Tony... Could be in a fucking mark. In the words of MJF. So, yeah, we're calling it. it, it Orange Cassidy's going to keep the title, and he's going to beat 20 other people to do it. You know, unless we get unless we get some kind of surprise entrance, somebody shows up or something. Please, God. Now, these are all predictions where I hope I'm wrong, <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> with the exception of probably the main event. But um, But moving on. We have TBS champion Jade Cargill, who's still green like money, against the newly arrived, somewhat newly arrived, Taya Valkyrie. Now, I guess the, I don't even know what you would call it, the angle they're going with is that they use the same finishing move. And the reason Taya Valkyrie lost in her TBS, her first TBS title match, was because she wasn't allowed to use that finishing move because it was also Jade's finishing move. You know, that that's an angle I don't think I've ever seen. I don't know that they've really touched on it that much. I just know what happened. I um, mean, that's, that's a neat story to go, like, go with where, like, two people have the same finisher, so it's like, whose finisher really is it? And And I believe this time that stipulation does not exist. Now, I, because it's no secret that I'm a fan of Jade Cargill, but I'm fully aware of her shortcomings, which I still maintain is just a lack of experience, but I understand why she was pushed. I understand why you would push her. I understand why you would continue to push her, but they have an opportunity here to actually create something really cool. Yeah. If you have Taya Valkyrie beat Jade for the title, but I want her to cheat to win. Now, turn Jade, turn Jade face. Yes. Here's why. Here's why. Because with very little exception, Jade usually gets a baby face reception anyway. Yeah. The vast majority of the audience likes her. Yeah. And you can do a really, really interesting comeback story with all this. Because first you can say... Or actually, you know what I would have done? Well, I don't know how you could have done this. Never mind. I'm Because I was going to say I would have had to ban both of them from being able to use Jaded. But Taya somehow used like a variation of it or some, something. I don't know. I, I would need time to think that plot point out. Yeah. But I think they could really have, they could create something special and actually create a legitimate feud that they can build up 
spend some time with. Turn Jade face. And uh, once again, I'm a fan of Taya Valkyrie, and when she arrived in NXT and they gave her that name, which she says she picked, I don't believe that, but she says she picked Frankie Monet. I, I knew right then and there, I was like, she's going nowhere in NXT. Uh, so I, I'm glad Taya Valkyrie is there. I just want to see... Now, do I think that will happen? No, because that's a smart thing to do. I think Jade's probably going to win. And this is one of the few times where I'm going to say I don't think Jade should win this match. But I think Jade's probably going to win. Yeah, I, I I think it's time. And, and like something I could see be booked, I think it'd be cool to do, is you have her lose... Then the following week you have a rematch clause and she wins it back automatically. Wins it back automatically. Well, not wins it back automatically, but she lo- she loses tonight. Then we go into the next show and she asks for her rematch and she wins it. That might actually be something Tony Khan would do. It does. It sounds like a Tony Khan thing. Yeah, that sounds like something he would do. But we shall see. So, but do you think Jade will win or do you think she should lose? Or, I mean, I think Jade will win, but I think she should lose. So, we're on the same page on that one. And then next, and again, the order of this might be off, uh, but next apparently is the AEW Women's World Championship match between Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Haven't we seen this before? I think so. At least once before for the title on a pay-per-view. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So for that reason, and again, is some well, somebody who I like Jamie Hayter. I don't dislike Tony Storm, but as I've said repeatedly, I don't get what all the hubbub is about. Not to say she's bad, but I I just yeah. I just personally I don't get it, but People say that about Jade to me, so I, you know, fair fair enough, right? But yeah, but because we've seen this match already, I really don't care. And boy, did they fuck up Jamie Hader's title run. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's been a cluster built cluster. built built it up for two years, or about a year and a half, and then she got it, and then nothing. Nope, nothing. I- I think it's just it's that's just been a trend with the AEW women's champions. They just they get built up, they try to build them up, try to build them up, they win it, and then it's like their title run just isn't much of anything. The one exception to that might be Britt Baker. I think her title one was pretty good, but I think they they still screwed it up, but not quite to the degree as everybody else. Because like that happened with Sheeta too when Sheeta won it. Yeah, I think. Like I said, I think Britt Baker's run was really good, if not one, if not the best run that they've had. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I'll be honest, I, I, I don't know what they're planning on doing. <laughs> I can't make sense of it. I gotta hope that just because we're seeing this match again, I gotta hope that Tony Storm's gonna win it, and then they go in some other direction. Yeah, but. They're probably going to have Jamie Hader win it. I think I can, I, I can agree with you on that one. I think Jamie Hader is going to win it. You know what? No, I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to 
I'm going to predict that somebody makes a good booking decision and has Tony Storm win the title. Because if she doesn't, what are these outcast ladies doing? Like, they just can't get the job done. Yeah. So I'm going to predict that Tony Storm is going to win the belt. Now, where they're going to go from there, I don't have a clue. Now, our commenter might have an idea. If Mandy Rose does actually debut, I think that would actually be a very good call from a booking perspective. Yeah. I but, mean, yeah, you could, that would be a good a good idea. I mean, you have her debut, and she she's the one who causes Jamie Hayter to lose to uh, Tony Storm. And then, then that books it where Tony Storm is now the champion. And you're going to have Mandy immediately go in and have a story with Jamie Hayter. Yeah. Yep. And meanwhile, they can get the the women's world title into some sort of like legitimate program. But they got to be very careful here because the stable is getting very, very close. Like, I love that they're calling them the outcasts. It's like, they came from the big company. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, they should just rename them the ex-divas. <laughs> Or just call them the Divas, since WWE doesn't call them that anymore. No, they don't. Um, so next we've got... <laughs> Jesus Christ. For the TNT Championship, we've got Wardlow defending the title against Christian Cage, which would be a really good match. But for some reason, they made it a ladder match. Yeah, in, in, that, in, like, in that instance, like... A straight-up match, Wardlow should destroy him. But it being a ladder match, it, it it's like it's pushing towards Christian's going to win it. Like I see Wardlow keeping it, which is why I don't... I don't really... I, I don't understand why they made this a ladder match. But I, I don't know. I see Wardlow keeping... I hope Wardlow keeps it. Because, again, not taking any way, anything away from Christian Cage, but Christian Cage doesn't need a title. No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. He's, he's got that status where he doesn't need a title. I well, mean, it's it's more than, like, that would be cool to see him having a title again. Now, ideally, what I would like to see happen, which this is not going to happen, but I would love to see, let's say Christian wins that belt. I want Wardlow to shrug his shoulders and start looking around and be like, well, you know what? That heavyweight title looks pretty nice. And guess who it's around the waist of? Yep. I got plenty. Of, I got plenty of hate left for this guy. And then maybe we can actually correct the mistake that was the culmination of that feud, or I guess immediately after that feud, because the match was great. <laughs> But I do see Wardlow keeping it. I think this is just an excuse to get ladders involved. But what do you see? Uh, I personally, I think Christian's going to win it. I do. It being a ladder match, it being something that Christian's always been something a part of, I think Christian's going to do it. We shall see. Next. We have FTR defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, personally, 
Don't really care too much for the match, I, but I think FTR will retain it. FTR should retain it, but because they should, AEW will probably have Jarrett and Lethal win them. Nah, I'm with you. I think FTR is going to retain... FTR, not FDR. FDR didn't retain shit. Um, <laughs> FTR will retain... God, I hope so. Well, I think they're actually... I Well, somebody has said at some point, hey, listen, we need to build FTR up because they're going to be... They're going to be top guys in collision, and this is assuming that they are actually going to split the rosters, which I don't know how I feel about that so much, but... Actually, with as many shows as they have, I think AEW should split the rosters, and that's odd for me to say. I just don't know how they're going to do it effectively because they'll screw that up too. Yeah, they'll split the rosters, but Orange Cassidy and the Elite will be able to appear on any show you watch. Yep. Guarantee it. And God, these always make me laugh. Next, we have an unsanctioned match. That's still going to be televised and in the middle of the card, or at least actually knowing AEW, this probably will be the last match because it's unsanctioned. Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole. Actually, this might be the last match knowing AEW. Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole. Oh, go ahead. I'm actually excited for this match. Yeah. Can you tell people what makes this match special? Sabu is going to be the special guest enforcer. In an unsanctioned match, for some reason. Yeah, when I seen him, I like I remember watching Dynamite when he came out. And I'm like, Sabu, that's that's perfect. That was pretty cool, not going to lie. But I have a question. He, okay, go on. Is Adam Cole a Sabu fan? I could see it. Yeah, I, I don't know, because when he was saying it, I was kind of, in my head, I was like, is he, though? But, yeah, thinking back, I could see that. Yeah, I, I really do. I see. I think Adam Cole is a Sabu fan. Um, I, I mean, think it's sweet. I mean, sweet who isn't? Yeah, who isn't? But, yes, actually, it should be a pretty good match. I just think I just think the way they've been building it up is kind of dumb, but I think they're building Adam Cole up to make a run at MJF. I think they are too, and like at this point, I think Adam Cole deserves it. Oh, one hundred percent. It's not his fault he got injured. It's Tony Khan's fault for putting him in such a stupid match. Yeah. Um, I do predict Adam Cole winning this match. Because, again, Jericho, Jericho's role in the company now, I think he might, before his career is over, I think he might get one more world title run so he can retire saying, I was the champion. But I th his major role in the company now is to elevate, not even necessarily put over, but elevate other people. Yeah. And he knows that. He's gone on record saying that. So, Yeah, I, I agree. I think Adam Cole is definitely going uh, definitely gonna to win it. Um... And I agree with you about the Chris Jericho thing where like he's there to elevate superstars that's that's almost that's on that level, but to bring them on the next level. A feud a feud with Jericho done right can put you in the championship picture because he was the first AEW champion. He's I mean, just look at his career. Like a win over Chris Jericho is not trivial. Yeah. So 
I agree. <laughs> Jesus. Just in case this match isn't violent enough for you or goofy enough for you. We have another Anarchy in the Arena match, which I'm shocked that they're going to do this again, considering this is how Brian Daniel, uh, yeah, Brian Danielson got injured in the first place. The Elite, which Hangman Page is now part of, too, so we got Kenny Olivier, the Cucamonga Kids, and Hangnail Adam Page, as Jim Cornette would say, versus the the BBC, the, <laughs> the BCC, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta, where they're going to run around the entire arena, beat the shit out of each other with fake props, throw each other into disguised crash pads, and hopefully nobody gets injured. But if you recall, Brian Danielson got injured in the last Anarchy in the Arena match and was out for a little while. So you see, you see this face? This is one of the matches where I don't care about. Oh, not one bit. Not a like single that. bit. Like if honestly, I can see the black uh, combat pool win this one, and at this point, I just ah. But you're forgetting the EVPs are in the elite, not the Blackpool Combat Club. And this is celebrating Hangman Page rejoining the ranks of the elite, which they should have done a fucking year ago. They should have. Is that a drag a storyline on between him and Moxley for three years? So I think the Elite will win this match, which probably is why they're having anarchy in the arena, because they probably said we're going to have the Elite win, and Mox is probably like, well, the only way I'm going to do the job is if we get to have ultra-violence, so do another anarchy in the arena. I give it five minutes to him blading. <laughs> five minutes. You know what he, he sh- you know what he should start doing? Honestly, he should start just doing what the Sandman did. And yes, just, with a beer can? Yeah, just start yourself. Well, he can't do a beer can because he's sober now, but just like... Come out with a kendo stick or something. Yeah, just make it your thing. What you do is you just carry a blade in your mouth, and the first thing you do is you pull the blade out of your mouth and you blade. Yeah, if you want a blade, just do it. Hey, and there's something there's something to that, because if you recall, the sponsor of last podcast episode was Extreme Knockouts, which that fight was... Saturday, no, Friday night, sorry, this previous Friday night, featuring friend, personal friend and friend of all of our podcasts, Andrew the Brickwall Sosa, who had a resounding first-round knockout victory in his fight with a spinning back fist from hell, which was fucking beautiful, and we had him on yesterday on the Arate podcast, so you can check that out, and there's a short on the Arate media channel that shows the highlight of said spinning back fist, letting people know that he was coming on the show, and actually, I believe that fight... Uh, his channel is featured on the featured channels of this page, Sosapotence 300. I don't know if it's up yet, but at some point that fight will be on his YouTube channel. I highly recommend you check it out because it was just fucking brutal. But, and I, I have a point, they call him the brick wall because Sosa's thing is he lets people hit him in the face and then he just smiles at him. And it happens in this fight. Because dude gives him a straight to the face and he just no-sells it. And from that point on, the guy's a little bit less brave. So there's something Moxley could incorporate into his character. And Sosa's not the only fighter to do that professionally. Yeah. I've seen it done. Like, it's what Rocky did in the Rocky movies. Like, oh, just go a little punch me. And when I don't go down, they're going to be like, oh, shit. And we know Moxley likes Rocky. But yeah, 
So I see the elite winning this, but I see Moxley bleeding a lot. Anything to add? Honestly, nothing to add to it. That's good because neither does anybody else in the match. Uh, and then finally, that brings us to the main event, or supposedly the main event, what should be the main event, but probably won't be the main event. It'll be the official main event, but then they'll have the unsanctioned match afterwards. Yeah. Probably. For the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, MJF versus Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Sammy Guevara in a fatal four-way match. But it's just called a four-way in AEW. This is something that could have been so good. And on paper, it's really good. I think the four-way match between them is about two years too early. But it still could have been good. I think what they should have done was what it looked like they were going to do is they were going to tease the four-way, but then have it so it would just ended up being Darby Allen versus MJF. And let's be real, MJF's going to win. If yeah, he doesn't, I mean, they'd be stupid. That's why I think they're wasting the four-way. You know, I, I, agree, I, agree, I agree with you on that. I think it is two years too early on it. And it's not that the match will be bad, because I think the match will be really good. Uh, um, I have reasons to doubt that, but go on, do go on. Um, uh, just like you and me and everybody else, obviously MJF is going to win. I just don't think there's anybody else, unless we get a surprise, huge surprise and Darby wins it. See, if it was in a singles match, I still would say it's not the best call, but it's an acceptable call. I don't know, man. It's just, if MJF loses it now to one of these guys, and Darby's really the only acceptable person, but even then it's kind of eh. MJF would have to lose to, at this point, I'd say there's really only three people he could lose that belt to, and that's CM Punk, Adam Cole, or Brian Danielson if it was built up right. Yeah. Other than that, I just can't see it uh, without ruining the whole MJF program. Yeah. And let's be real. If they do this right, and you could go either way with this, if MJF is going to lose that belt, it's got to be to CM Punk. Or Adam Cole. Yeah. I think that they were the only two people that actually make sense him losing two if he's to lose. Now, if they want to do this, and I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, so this might not sound as good as it does in my head. If they want to do this right, I think they should have MJF actually beat CM Punk. And, and he can cheat, that's fine. But then have Adam Cole beat MJF. If you want to position Adam Cole as the top guy, have him beat the dude that beat CM Punk. You know, I didn't think about it like that. And now that you mentioned it, that's, that, that does make a whole lot of sense. I'm just saying, because, and this has really been wrestling as a whole, but AEW is particularly egregious with this, is it's like they don't think about the consequences of any of these matches, which is why MJF has to win this 
Because if MJF loses now, he's lost all credibility. Because yeah. at any program he's in, he's like, oh, well, you lost to Jungle Boy. or Well, he's, Jungle Boy's not going to win. Neither is Sammy. If he's going to lose to anybody, Darby's going to lo- win it. But even then, it's like... like, If this were a real... I'm not going to say the word fake. If this were like a non-scripted combat sport and MJF lost to Darby Allen like that, anyone who's going up against MJF can be like, yeah, but you lost to Darby Allen who weighs... 150 pounds soaking wet. Now, granted, Darby's a human battering ram, but you see my point. Or, and I think this would be a cool idea, or we do get Sammy that wins, and we get another in in Triple H. Uh, Chris Jericho helps Sammy beat MJF. They could almost do another storyline like Triple H, like Evolution with Randy Orton, where he's in, the young guy, he's the champion, and then we get Chris Jericho that turns on Sammy, and then you turn Sammy a major babyface. In two years, absolutely. Just not now. Yeah, but who's to say Chris Jericho has that long? Oh, Chris Jericho's got two more years in him. Come on. Come on. Now... That'd be a hell of a way for Jericho to retire. And I, I like that idea, but maybe not two years, but further down the road. Let's say, let's let's do it like this, okay? Let's have, okay, here's, here's an idea for you. For, let's say a year from now. It just so happens, they do something similar, and it doesn't matter who the champion is at this point. But somehow, some way, you have a three-way or a four-way where it just so happens that both Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho have won their qualifying matches, so they're now both in this three-way or four-way. And Jericho makes it clear. He's like, Sammy, I want you to help me win, but if you can go for it, I want you to go for it. You know, because Sammy is playing his role as a lackey at this point. Like, it's all very friendly, you know. And it just so happens, let's say Jericho gets taken out of the match somehow. And Sammy is going to go for it. And if it was a ladder match, it'd be pretty cool too. So let's Sammy's going to go for it. And then he looks over at Jericho just to make sure Jericho's done. He's out. And then he has like a shoulder shrug moment, goes and gets the belt. And then they celebrate afterwards, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's happy. It looks like everything's honky-dory. Then... Not even the next week. A couple of dynamites later, they're going to have some kind of celebration. And then you have your evolution moment. I think that'd be pretty sweet. And what a way for Jericho to go out. Now, whether or not he wins the belt again or not, I don't think is really relevant. I'd like to see Jericho win it one more time. Or maybe Jericho's the champion at that point. Maybe. And And then Sammy's role in that match is supposed to be to keep keep it on Jericho, but he says it's like, listen, if for some reason you have to do it, at least keep it in the JAS or Reborn Inner Circle, whatever might happen. Yeah. And so Sammy thinks he's doing what he's supposed to do, but then Jericho, you know, and then you can really build that up over months where Sammy now turns, Sammy's an instant baby face because he got betrayed by his mentor. And now it's like, okay, Jericho, I, I see this. And then Sammy wins you know, is able to challenge Jericho in a one-on-one match for the title. 
and then he beats Jericho. And then after that, Jericho can either ride off into the sunset or they can do, there's a bunch of different directions they can go. But man, tell me that wouldn't be great TV. That, that would that would be pretty that would be pretty sweet to see. But in order for that to work, Sammy can't have won the heavyweight title yet. Everybody's in such a damn hurry. Like I almost MJF's title run was almost too early. Now he's been able to pull it off, but I would have still liked to see another year before that in an ideal perfect world. Yeah. But he's been able to largely pull it off, which is why I don't think it should end now. And for MJF to lose and not lose any of his luster, he's got to lose to somebody like a punk. Yeah. Or a built-up Adam Cole. Now, Adam Cole's not built up yet, but they seem to be on that trajectory, so. Yeah. And Adam Cole, I would like to see... I I think if Adam Cole wins the belt, you're going to eventually see Kenny Omega back in the title picture, which would be appropriate. And then any, any way they can stir up personal issues or conflict always ends up being a better program. Like I know there's this, there's this thing that people talk about and I agree with it to a point where they're like, well, man, as long as the match is good. Well, I think we've seen, cause there have been plenty of matches in AEW where the matches were good, but there was nothing behind them. So it just didn't have any oomph to it. And then conversely, you've had matches that were honestly not as far as in ring action were not stellar. Rock and Hogan, for example. Yeah. But they had the whole audience in the palm of their hand the whole time. Everybody wanted to see. That's the that's the secret. You've got to give people a reason to watch. The reason uh Hangman versus Kenny was so good wasn't don't get me wrong, the match was good, but that kind of match you see every week on Dynamite. Yeah. What made it great was the buildup. And everybody wanted to see Hangman finally, finally beat Kenny Omega's ass. That's what people wanted to see. But here's the problem, though. Nobody wants to see MJF get his ass beat yet. <laughs> Not exactly yet. Not quite. Now, when Punk comes back, because I'm thoroughly convinced, like, they're even calling the first... Um, the first collision event, the second coming, like, come on. If Punk's not going to be there, they might as well close up the company. Because <laughs> people are going to hate them. They've done everything except say Punk will be here. They spoon-fed it all so far. Pretty well, yeah. But I'm I, I'm hopefully optimistic for Collision. Um, they better be careful though, because Collision might get better ratings than Dynamite <laughs> if they're not careful. I can almost see it. But I think you know what I think it's a great thing for them to do because let's if if we're if we're being told accurate facts here, if Dynamite's going to be business as usual, but Collision's going to be a more like. I hate to say it this way, but more of a like traditional pro wrestling style program with the likes of like FTR and CM Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be on there, stuff like that. I think you will see in very short order that Collision will be getting better ratings than Dynamite, and that's that's just going to be empirical data that people at AEW can 
go see look this is what people want and then i think you will see dynamite slowly kind of change it will never be quite to that wherever the elite is there's always going to be some degree of goofiness i believe but unless tony starts to put his foot down and say no we're not doing the silly shit anymore I, I could not agree even more. Even even if it's just at a steady, you know, depending on what to do with the first episode of Collision, if Steam Punk does show up, I feel like it's going to be hot for the first couple of weeks. It's slowly digress. And I'm not saying like drop to the very bottom, but it's slowly digress for it to finally like medium out and finally get its steady pace. Yeah, now unless now if anybody can keep the momentum going, it's 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 punk. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen him been able to do that. Now, if they were smart, and I think punk would do this, because at the end of the day, punk say what you will about CM Punk, he will do he like look back at his career. He's worked with people that he couldn't fucking stand because it was quote, what was best for business. Ryback comes to mind. They gotta do a program with punk and the elite. It's, it writes itself. You get punked, link up with FTR, and then you've got Omega and the Young Bucks. It's perfect. Like, you've got to. And that... Tell me this wouldn't draw money, because you've got one camp that believes Punk was in the right, and they want to see him kick the shit out of the Elite, and then you've got the other side, which think the Elite was right, and they want to see them kick the shit out of Punk. You know, honestly, it does go both ways. It's the t- it's the whole fucking audience. I don't even care who wins. It writes itself. It's right there. Now, do they have the balls to do it? I think Probably. one half. I think one half does. I think, I think the elite might be scared that Punk might take some liberties in the ring with them, but. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he would do that. Not without, like, justifying a receipt. Yeah. But we shall see. And now that Hangman Page is in there, you can bring in Ace Steel as a fourth member, which tell me that wouldn't draw money. Uh, it would. You have Ace Steel just sitting in the corner going like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that'd be funny if he's having a backstage thing with Kenny and he just goes, Arr! Kenny's, ah! Acting like gold dust a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Cock, 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 cock. Cornbread, damn it, cornbread. <laughs> you know, speaking of gold dust, God, I was watching just some of the highlights when this, like, it shouldn't be funny. But God damn, it was funny. The whole uh, Tourette's angle with, uh... it's because he owned it. He owned it so well. Oh, I know. He took it like he took it and ran with it. Oh god, he sprinted with that thing, and he was—I don't know how he was able to keep it together doing it. I never saw him break once. Everybody else did. Like Triple H couldn't hold it together ever. Well, so we are predicting that MJF will retain the belt. Yes, sir. Do you see why I'm saying it's a waste of a four-way then? I wouldn't usually say there's a waste of a four-way, but this four-way is a waste. That's what I'm saying. In two years, it'd be great. I think they just they just need to get a little bit older. 
MJF is the only one that I would consider ready for the world championship picture. Now, Darby's close. Darby's very close. And against somebody else, maybe. But Sammy, and I don't get me wrong, I like Sammy. I like Sammy Guevara a lot. I just think he was great TNT champion, or could have been better, but that's a booking thing, not a Sammy thing. And Jungle Boy, uh, I don't know. They got to figure out what they want to do with him. Yeah. And they've got to commit to it. Because they just can't figure out what the hell they're doing with him yet. Because one week he's doing the Jungle Boy thing. The next week he's coming out in a leather jacket. And then the next week he's Jungle Boy again. I just... They got to get more Jack Perry. But we shall see. Well, I don't think we've got anything else. I don't think any... I don't have anything else uh, at all. Nope. We shall see. Because the uh, pre-show will be starting in about an hour. But uh, we will leave you with that. So those are our predictions. We're sticking to them. We'll see where we were right or wrong a little bit later on. But until then, thank you for enjoying this episode of Down the Middle. As always, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you would rather listen to the podcast rather than watch it, check us out on the audio streaming platforms, including but not limited to YouTube Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Radio Now. There's so many more, I can't remember them all. And be sure to follow Down the Middle on Twitter, Instagram, and RTA Media on TikTok for all of the short-form Down the Middle content and occasionally exclusive content on all of those platforms. And what? Yeah. And be sure to order your Stevie Wicks candles using the promo code DOWN to save 10%. That's it. That's it. We're done. Go on. So go home. Yeah. Go home. Go to work. Go go to bed. Go eat a snack or something. Go to bed. Who's going to bed? It's Um, 